All right, today we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We're really just looking at the first few verses this morning because there's a very, <clears throat> I think, a very important message that Paul is communicating in these verses. The, the background on the situation is almost like a movie. Um, that, so there's a small group of Christians gathering together. I, I, this, you know, you, you could call this a church, but they're gathering together and they're meeting. And, uh, you know, like, like all churches, they have sin that's festering inside the church. That's always the case. And I say like all churches because all churches are full of people and people sin. And so what's happening here, though, is that there's a, there's a young guy who's sleeping with what seems to be like his father's wife. Now, it's not his mother. Okay, um, Paul probably would have said that if it was his mother, <clears throat> but it's like his his father's wife, so his stepmother or an ex-wife of his father's. You know, um, either way, it's it's kind of a perverse situation, and and again, we're not pronouncing judgment on this sin specifically. I mean, all sin is bad, and 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 you know, in God's eyes, sin that is sin. Um, so that the issue here is, is really more of optics. So yes, everyone sins. Um, but, but the, the reality is that Paul knows about this and he's, he's miles away. Right. And there's no internet or Facebook for him to find out about this. So, um, the, the assumption is that because Paul knows about this, everybody in the community is knowing about this. And, the issue becomes it is tough to be a group of Christians united around uh, growth and becoming more like Christ and and forgiveness and grace. And it's tough to be inviting to others when when you're looking out at the world and you're saying, here's the way the world should work based on what Jesus is is saying. We're trying to do that, and yet in your company is a guy who, like everybody, can see that he's not living that way, right? So again, not it's not that his sin, the affair, is worse than other sins necessarily. It's it's the way it looks. We um, there is a reality that we want our uh, body, our group, our gathering to be inviting to others. And so it is important to understand, just practically speaking, this is not a, a Jesus thing or a God thing. This is a Paul thing, and this is a reality thing, that there, there's a practicality to the way we must gather and orient ourselves as a group of believers because people are sinful and people misconstrue things. So the way we project ourselves, it is important, all right? And so we can't stand for hypocrisy that's so obvious that it distracts us from being able to invite others in. And I think that's more of what is concerning to Paul. Um, and so, you know, Paul is suggesting that the church should send this guy out and let him do his thing and, and to love him from a distance instead of in the group. It, it, what he's not saying, and this is really important, what he's not saying is that we should shun the guy, forget the guy, you know, delete his number from our phone, delete him from Facebook, have no association with him. What he's saying is the guy shouldn't be a part of this, this part of our faith where we gather together and we hold each other up and we hold each other accountable and we push each other to become better people and to become more like Christ. Um, the assumption here is that this guy you know, has they, they've confronted this, they've talked to him, the guy stays in the behavior and, and they've tried the soft 
you know, approach of addressing it. And he's just knowingly, you know, belligerent about the, you know, about um, not living out his faith. So that's kind of the assumption here. And if he's going to be like that, that's fine. That's fine. Um, We're all sinful and he doesn't deserve, you know, death any more than any of us, but he, he, he should be put out of this group and loved as an outsider until he decides to bring himself back as an insider. And the, the assertion here that I think is really important is that Paul, Paul's asserting that our, that as a group of believers, as a body of believers, we should hold each other accountable to growth. We should hold each other accountable to getting better and to, to improving ourselves. And it's not, again, it's not that we can't stumble and we can't fall. We can't make mistakes and that we shouldn't love each other when that happens. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here, Paul is saying, uh, you know, or the assumption is that that this guy, the situation has been addressed and the guy is just knowingly not doing the things that he professes to believe in. And so Paul's saying, we got, you got to put him out. You got to put him out until he decides that he wants to be accountable to improvement again. And that is a very reasonable thing. And the problem is when we don't do that as a church, see, People know that we think affairs are wrong as believers. People know that. And, and people feel judged in that we point at, at this kind of behavior and we say that's bad. So if we don't point at ourselves too, we immediately become hypocrites. And that shuts people off from wanting to come in the door to see us. That is uninviting. When we judge the world and don't judge ourselves we are hypocrites, and that's what hurts the church's ability to gain influence and to grow. The reason people love Jesus, look at the woman by the well. The reason people love Jesus is because he loved them where they were. He invited them from where they were. And, and he, it, didn't, it wasn't that he withheld judgment, right? He, he didn't withhold judgment, and neither should we. So great, great message this morning and a challenging message this morning.